as a church family, there's some things are, that are easier and other things that aren't so easy. And we so love Anthony and Randy and Cece. And, but the Lord has brought forth an opportunity uh, for Anthony in business down in Georgia. And, uh, you know, anybody else that wants to come up, we're going to lay hands and pray on them family or others, you know, you just just come on up here if you would like to. That's <clears throat> the thing about a church family, it's family. But the thing is, they'll still be family. They're moving a few miles away, but they're still family, and they're going to be, and they always will be. We'll always welcome them back when they are here with us. And But you know what? That prayer covering is going to be here. It's going to be over you, and we're just praying it over you today, and we're going to just cover the whole thing of God's blessing, his favor, his protection and his provision. You know, I didn't ask Dan this ahead of time, Dan Modry, <laughs> but I'm going to ask you to lead us in that prayer over them. Mm, yes. Heavenly Father, we just uh, lift up this family to you right now. and We thank you for the blessing that they have been to us, Lord. And we just ask that you... Watch over them, that you prepare their way for them as they move to Atlanta, Georgia, Lord. And we thank you um, for this family here, and um, we just ask that uh, each one would be mindful, Father God, to lift them up in prayer. And Lord, we thank you, Father, that you have ordained these steps, Lord. We ask for your provision to go forth. And, Lord, we just continue to uphold them, Father God. May they trust in you. Lord, I think of the story of Abraham, Father God, as he left, and how he was blessed. And we just pray that type of blessing for them and for their family, Lord, down there. And we just ask that you continue to keep them safe, that you watch over them, protect them, Lord. Pray for um, people that would come. And in that area, Father God, where they're moving to, that they would find fellowship, Father God, of fellow believers, Father God, that would join with them, Father God, and thank you for that, Lord. And we just give you honor and glory, Father God, for the time that we've had with them, Father God, the blessing, again, that they have been to this, this church, this community, Father God. And we just look forward to good reports when we hear from them and when we see them. And we will always be united with them in that. And we just thank you again, Jesus. We give you glory and honor for all that you've done, all that you've given. And we just pray again a special blessing for Randy and Anthony. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, I did. Randy, would you want to share about that when you were little? Or can you do that?
yeah, so, I mean, obviously it's a really, why am I? Obviously it's like a really exciting adventure ahead of us, but it's, <laughs> it's the sad goodbyes that we're not looking forward to, but, um, Jesus help me. <laughs> um, one of the things that just brings me so much peace and comfort is just the fact like years ago, probably like 2010, so just about like 10 years ago, um, people would ask me, if, you know, if you ever move away, where would you go? And for irrational reason, I always said Georgia. And so I had no like reasoning why Georgia, like just absolutely irrational, 100% no reason. And um, we had gone over and had dinner with his boss and his wife, and um, they were telling us about this opportunity um, in Atlanta of another company, and I said, hold it right there, like, Atlanta, Georgia, like, yes, I know where this conversation is going, this is Jesus, we're going to, like, just super excited to see what God's gonna do and uh, why he planted that seed of Georgia on my heart years ago. So thank you for keeping us in your prayers and love you all. So we, so we send them forth in the name of Jesus as a church family to Atlanta, Georgia, and in a way we kind of plant them as a seed there. We know the Holy Spirit is in you, and you're going to shine for Jesus there. We know. And Cece. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. Okay. We will release the kids and let's greet each other. Joan, Joan, are you, why don't you come to the front, Joan?
Is that, is that Bethany I see back there? Is that Bethany? Can we tell them or can't we? Why don't you come up and tell them? You, you come up and... Here's another part of our church family that grew up here in our church and uh, she's in the cities now but still part of our family. And uh, but she she's got something to share with us this morning. Uh, Bethany Salmonson. I'm yeah. I'm getting hitched. So. <laughs> All right. Good. She's been hitched to Jesus for a long time, and now there's a guy, too. Well, there's another guy. But, uh, okay, has anyone seen a Robin yet? A Robin yet? Okay. We, oh, down the cities. How about up here? I see a hand. Who's that? But anyway, we saw, is that Donna? All right. Last night, oh good, spring is coming. I had a blessed life moment time here, but I think I'm just going to say for that this morning that God's provision is always there for us in our homes, our families, our church. And uh, for our tithes and offerings, there is a box in the back right on the... uh, audio-visual uh, sound booth, what do you call that? Just a, whatever that is on the left hand of Doug, shelf. <laughs> so we, we, put, we can put our tithes and offerings there, and we just thank you, Lord, for your blessing of us so that we can be channels We know that you want to provide exceeding abundantly above all that we would ask or think for what we need, but then exceeding abundantly above all we would ask or think so that we can be givers. And so we just give you thanks for that. You are the almighty God, Al Shaddai, the God of all plenty, more than enough. And we praise you today in the name of Jesus. And just a few announcements here now we'll make. We have Brother Gus is going to be sharing with us this morning. True Bridge Retreat, if you haven't gotten your registration cost to Andrew yet, Andrew Erholtz, you can get that to him. That's this coming Friday and Saturday now, so it's, it's here. Uh, just to let you know, we will be having communion next Sunday. And then also next Sunday is our fish fry and pot blessing after our service. Um, For information about that, you can talk to Danny Fisher or Paul Hoffland. And then we have a glow retreat coming up the next weekend. That's April 6th uh, in Bemidji. We are going to have a Passion Week communion service on Wednesday night the 17th here. That's going to be a very special evening. And then uh, Easter breakfast on Resurrection Day. 
Dane Johnson's leading that up. Men, you can talk to him as far as helping with that. I saw Carla was, this week was bringing in a lot of food ready for that, so that's great. And then you can see other things. Gerald Durstein will be here on the 30th. Adana Maria, they were so blessed by the giving last week in the jar there. But they also, uh, Maria is available for cooking authentic food. You could talk to them about that. Then there's just other information about contacting and so forth. Uh, if you aren't, if, if you, you can look on our Facebook page for this same information, or you can get an email to your place. If you could give that to Pastor Dean, then you can get on that mailing list. And do read it because there's, Lots of stuff on there. I don't go. We don't go over it every Sunday. And Joan's going to give us a report on progress with the building over there. So you got your own mic, okay? Lots of progress. If you if you happen to look, there's no hole <laughs> out to the sky. Yes. <laughs> so um, next week I'll have some pictures for you to see. Um, this week, um, it's all a blur. <laughs> um, the the um, rafters came on Thursday afternoon, and so they had a, a crane come and put up the five biggest ones, and then Friday they finished the job, got the sheeting all on, and the it's not tar paper anymore, but it's similar. And that's all sheeted, so it's ready to shingle. And um, the sheet rockers came on Wednesday. No, I don't remember. They came. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so they, they cut out um, parts of the wall so that um, that was that was wet. Got the insulation out, so everything's drying real well. So they'll start, I believe, on Monday with uh, doing the sheetrock, and um, so things are really progressing nicely. Um, we need some strong men after the service today. We have to clear out the um, everything that's in the foyer. So they can sheetrock, they can paint. We'll be able to change the carpets out. Um, that was one thing. Did I mention? The, yeah, I met with the adjuster. That was this week I met with the adjuster. Okay, this week I met with the adjuster, and he was so positive and so helpful. And, and um, you know, I'd point out things. Yeah, he said, but that's not all. Look over here. You got to do this, and and so he he was finding things that need to be done. And then I said, well, what about the carpets? They have to all go out. He says, you need new carpets. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so um, that was a real positive. But we need to get everything out of the foyer, and that welcome. Uh, yeah, but we're asking for help. Extra strong. Because <laughs> it's, it's heavy, but it's 
possible when you got enough. I watched a video that they moved a whole barn, picking it up and moving it. So, guys, you can do this, no problem. <laughs> uh, so, um, progress is being made just it, so quickly. I'm just thankful. Yeah, it is. It's so, we're very thankful for all of it. And uh, I was talking with a contractor, and I was telling him, I said, we're just so thankful you were able to come right away. You know, all five guys. And he says, Steve, it was perfect timing, perfect timing for us. And so they've been able to focus on this, and it's been great. And uh, so Gus, Gus Shogren is going to be bringing us a word this morning. And we thank you, Lord, that we have ears to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying, what you've imparted to Gus, that he may impart to us, and that uh, we would have ears as individuals, as families, but also corporately to receive that. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, it's always good when you're hooked up. <clears throat> I know we're, we're, we have roofs on our mind. And so I was reminded of something that happened years ago. They built a new Catholic church in Kellier years ago. And it had a butterfly roof. And the people in the church shingled it. Only when they got to the valleys, you know, my little brother was there helping. And he told those people, he said, you're not doing that, right? And, you know, they said, well, this kid, what does he know? And they went ahead and did it their way. And that roof leaked. And so they were up there with water hoses, you know, and they were trying to figure out where it was leaking so they could fix it. And it's a huge roof. And when it rained, lots of water came in. It was 70 feet long. And somebody talked to me. They said, could you look at that? And so one day I started at the bottom of that roof, and I started tearing it open all the way to the peak. And you find the flaws. And you find the spot, you know, that wasn't put together right. And I remember... When I was all done and I went to the priest, I gave him this message. I said, it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And the priest was a man of God. and He'd been to my house once, long before I got saved. And he had a box with him. And you know, after a while, you, you ask him, well, what's in the box? Why are you carrying that box around? He said, well, that's my pet gamangus. And I thought, well, I never heard of anybody with a pet mongoose. Mongoose is an animal, you know, that lives in India. They use them to, you know, the mongoose is the only animal that can kill a boa. They're that quick. 
And finally, you know, we had to ask, whoa, can we see him? And he opened up the box and out jumped the mongoose and it bit him. Or we thought it did. Blood's running down his arm. And it was all a big hoax. And he had to apologize for not being totally honest and truthful. Praise God. Hallelujah. We thank God for the rough. Hallelujah. You know, when you're out in the world, you listen to the news and the radio, and they have one message. The sky is falling. But praise God, God is bigger than that. Hallelujah. We have a God who protects us, who stands with us in the midst of the storm. And you have to know that whatever you're going through in this world, God has an answer. Sometimes he makes us wait for it. But he does have an answer. And so today I feel like God has turned back the clock. I remember being in this church when I first got saved, more than a couple times. And I remember one day sitting about over there somewhere on a chair or a pew, I don't even remember. And all of a sudden, all the curtains began to move. And I'm, I'm watching this, and I'm looking outside, and I thought, there's no wind. It's absolutely still outside. How is it possible that the curtains are moving? And I thought, well, the Spirit of God is in this place. Hallelujah. God is moving. God still does miracles. He's a miracle-working God. And he wants to do a miracle in your life. And sometimes, you know, we have to stand up in the crowd and we have to reach out. You know, he said to the lady with the withered hand, the man with the withered hand, stretch forth your hand. And you know, that's that act of faith that releases the power of God for a miracle in your life. Because when he reached out his hand, God healed him. Oh, hallelujah. When I think about churches and what's happened in this church, I always think of the miraculous staircase. If you've never seen it, that's one thing you should see. You know, they built a church down in New Mexico. The only problem was the architect forgot the staircase. And they built the church, and the nuns realized that there was no way to get up to the choir loft. They started praying that God would make a way. It was something like, how do you fix this? And one day, an old carpenter came with his burrow and a few hand tools, and he went to work. And he built a staircase that engineers have studied, and they say there is no way that thing can stand, because there's no center support. 
It's just a spiral staircase made out of wood. And it's tall. It goes way up to the choir loft in that church. And the church has a high ceiling. And the choir loft is way up in the air. And so you need to realize that God is still doing miracles. Hallelujah. And it's not real until he does one in your life. Till he reaches out and touches you in a personal way. And I just want to talk about Peter today. And this is an old story you know well. And you know what Jesus told Peter? He said, launch out into the deep. And he said, let down your draft. Let down your net for a draft. That's my old King James version of the Bible. Let down your net for a catch. And we know that when he did, he caught so many fish that the nets were breaking. He had to call for help. God manifested his glory. Hallelujah. But if you go back and read the rest of the story, the Bible says that they fished all night and they didn't catch anything. And Peter was not looking for Jesus. He was not looking for a miracle. He was just standing by his boat washing his nets after a long, fruitless night. And Jesus came, and there was a crowd following him. And he got in his boat, and he said, can you push me out a little deeper, away from shore? And there's a reason that God did that. Because early in the morning, on the water, your voice carries that's God's supernatural microphone. He didn't have a microphone. He was teaching to a big crowd. Peter let him use his boat. He not only let him use it, but he pushed it out into the deep. And he didn't realize what was going on that day. That Jesus had come there. Because he was calling him, personally, to a new walk. And he's calling each and every one of us to a new walk. Doesn't it say in the Old Testament, I have come. Behold, I make all things new. And you know, when we go back into that other sanctuary, it's going to be new. It's all going to be redone, rebuilt. Sometimes God wants to do that in our lives, and he did that day with Peter. And after that miraculous catch, Peter threw himself down at Jesus' feet and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. God had touched his life. But God had manifested his glory in his life that day. You know, it's not by power. 
It's not by might, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. It is the spirit of the living God that has the power to change our lives. And God does it from the inside out. And that's really where he needs to start. It's on the inside. And we need to change. Our heart needs to be changed. You know, we have head knowledge. We know lots of things. But is it in your heart? Do you really believe that God is able? That he knows you. He has your name written on the palm of his hand. He has the hairs of your head counted. He's calling to you. He puts you on this earth for a special purpose. It wasn't by accident that you came. God has something for you to do. Are you willing? Remember the Old Testament prophet? The Lord said, Whom? Whom can I send? And Isaiah said, Lord, send me. That's what God is looking for. What little part do you have to play? Might not seem important to you. But it might be important to God. It might be important for someone else's salvation. And so, God comes into our lives. He touches us. And we make a choice whether to believe or to reject him. And then we need to take that other step. Are we going to walk with him? Are we going to do what he's calling us to do? Are we going to get into his word? And are we going to be obedient as Christians to everything that he has called us to do? The Bible says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. That means your house, your family. That means your life, your body. God wants to do that perfect work in your life. But you have to say, here am I, Lord. Send me. And we know that Peter, that day he left his nets, he left his boat, and he followed Jesus. Remember the rich man, you know, that came to Jesus, and he said, what must I do? Be perfect. Jesus said, one thing you lack, go and sell what you have, give it to the poor, take up your cross, and come, follow me. That's a hard place. Some of us aren't ready for that. But God has a better way. And it's being led by the power of his spirit. Didn't Jesus say, you know, read John 14, 15, 16, 17. Jesus said, it's better that I go. Because if I don't go, my Holy Spirit will not come. 
But because I leave, I'm sending you a comforter. Someone to lead you and guide you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. God will show you a better way. Are you willing to walk with him? Are you willing to lay down your nets and say, Lord, I want to do it your way. Lead me. You know, the Old Testament prophet. Doesn't it say, and you will hear a voice behind you telling you when to turn to the left and when to turn to the right. And that's what each one of us need in our lives. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. Oh, hallelujah. And I think about Peter, you know. He walked with Jesus for three short years. He saw the miracles. He saw the leper come to Jesus and say, Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me. And Jesus said, I am. Be healed. How many times did he say, your faith has made you whole? When they broke the roof down, they had to remove tiles and wrap a sick man down in front of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus saw their faith. How can you see faith? Because faith has an action. If you believe, then you're going to move. You're going to do something. You're going to get up and you're going to go to work. Hallelujah. God can see your faith. He can see your heart. He can read your thoughts. You know, they're on the news. They're looking for those lost emails, you know. God doesn't look for lost emails. Jesus never had a cell phone. He didn't have a computer. That's actually pretty archaic, all of it. We call it new technology. But in the spirit realm, there is something higher where God can speak to your heart. He can speak to you in an audible voice. And if he doesn't like that, he can send an angel to speak to you. And sometimes he just sends your neighbor and he don't want to hear what he has to say. God is. He's still God. He hasn't fallen off his throne. Oh, hallelujah. He's still here. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I'll be with you always until the end of time. He is here. He wants to move in your life. You know, we think, well, I wish I could have been there when Jesus walked on this earth. I wish I could have seen those miracles. I wish I could have gone up there and had him pray for me. But you know, the disciples, even Peter, what happened after Jesus died? They crucified him. And everybody went into hiding. What did Peter do? He didn't know what to do. So he went back to his boat 
And the very last chapter of the Gospels. You know, it's like an old movie that's being rewritten and replayed. The miraculous catch. It's like they rewrote the script. It starts out the same. They went fishing. And they caught nothing. They fished all night long and they didn't catch anything. It's the same story. Only Jesus is dead. He's gone. The Bible says it happened at Lake Tiberias. And it was the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after his death. And Peter said, I'm going fishing. And the sons of Zebedee, James and John, they said, we're going too. And Nathaniel was there. Nathaniel from Canaan of Galilee. And Thomas was there, called Didymus. And there was two other disciples. We don't know who they were. So there were seven, God's perfect number, and they went fishing. And I think about they were out there all night long fishing in the dark, throwing their nets and pulling them back in. That's a lot of work. All night long, what were they thinking? Were they thinking, where is God tonight? Where is the Lord? And they were crying out to God, maybe, Lord, help us. Not even one fish, nothing for breakfast. When suddenly, as it got light, a man appeared on the beach. And he said, children, do you have any meat? And they answered, no, we didn't catch anything. He said, cast your net on the right side of the boat. Now, the script changes. Before, he said, go out into the deep. Throw down your net. This time, he said, cast your net on the right side of the boat. And the Bible says they didn't know that it was Jesus. And yet, they cast their net on the right side of the boat. Is that that voice of the Holy Spirit that pushes us and goads us sometimes to do something? And sometimes it doesn't seem like a good idea in the natural and so we don't do it. But if we don't hearken unto the voice of the Spirit of God, it's like a battery that runs down and pretty soon it fades out and you don't hear anything anymore. But if you will hearken unto that voice of the Spirit that's speaking to you, that voice will get louder. And you'll know that the Lord is leading you and the Lord is guiding you. And you'll know that the Lord is blessing you. And it'll give you a hunger for the things of the Spirit. And God will begin to open up his word to you. 
You know, I talk to people and they say, God never speaks to me. Have you ever opened your Bible up? He's speaking to you through his word. And sometimes when he speaks a word to you in an audible voice, it's the word, written word. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Oh, there's power in that word. There's power in every word you speak. The Bible says that the power of death and life lies in the tongue. You are either releasing demons to do your bidding, or you are releasing the angels of God to come and help you and to bring that word to pass in your life. And so we need to guard our mouths and be careful what we say. And everything we say should bless the Lord. And it should bless people around us. And it should build up their faith and not tear it down. Oh, hallelujah. And we know the rest of the story. That day, when Peter cast his net in, it, it was so full of fish, 143 big fish to be exact, that their boats were swamping, their nets were ready to break. And you know, in the world, I've read stories about that same thing happening, you know, up in Alaska, fishing boats, where their nets are so full of fish that they have to cut the nets loose because they're afraid the boat's going to tip over. And you lose your whole catch. And you lose your nets. But this day, the nets didn't break. And they brought those fish to shore. And when they got to shore, Jesus was there. He didn't need those fish. He had fish on the fire already. And he had bread. He had breakfast already prepared. He said, well, bring the, some of those fish that you caught. And you know, that's what we forget to do sometimes, is bring the first fruits to the Lord so that he can bless the rest. And so that he can bless what happens the next week in your life so that God can prosper you. You know, I think about the birds of the air, you know. They don't work or toil. They don't spin or weave. And yet, God takes care of them. And the lily of the field is dressed more beautiful than even Solomon in his temple. And so we need to learn to trust God. You know, if God looks out for the sparrow, how much more will he look out for you? And you know, a sparrow doesn't fall to the ground without the Lord watching. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows the problems that you're coming against. Nothing is hid from him. We just need to do our part. And sometimes that's just stand in faith and cry out to him. Lord, here am I. 
Heal me. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Let faith rise up in your heart. Faith. Faith does not take no for an answer. Faith says, I've got it. And I've got it now in Jesus' name. And when you really believe that you have it, then you can stand up and shout. Because Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, hallelujah. You can begin to shout. Because you know that God has heard you. Over and over in the scriptures, the Bible says, your faith has saved you. Your faith has healed you. Let it be according to your faith. But we need less faith in the things of this world. I remember our sister talking the other week. Store up your treasures in heaven where thieves do not break in and steal. They talk about the rich man. He died. They said, how much did he take with him? How much did he leave? And they said, well, he left it all. He left it all. The only thing you're going to take to heaven with you are the things you gave away. Think about that a minute. The things you gave away is what God is using to build your mansion in heaven. Those are the things he has stored up for you. Hallelujah. Peter. He didn't recognize that it was Jesus on the shore. It was John, the apostle that Jesus loved. He said, it's the Lord. But when Peter figured out what was going on, the Bible says that he jumped in the water. He jumped in. How many of us are that hungry for the things of God? That we're willing to just leave all and jump in. Oh, hallelujah. God is calling us to a closer walk. But what I really want to say today, and the message is this. We weren't there when Jesus walked the earth. But we're here now, and he's still walking the earth. And his Holy Spirit is still here. He hears your prayer. And prayer should be a conversation with God. And it shouldn't be a one-sided conversation with you doing all the talking. 
Because there's no reason for you to do all the talking because you really don't know what's going on. And God does. And if you want to find out what's really happening, you sometimes have to stop and listen. And you'll hear a voice say, turn to the left. Turn to the right. No, don't do that. Back away from that. And you know, it's down here. It's like you should know that it's God or it's not God. It feels warm. It's a green light. It's good. Go for it. Do it. Or you get this nasty feeling like that's not God. God is not going to bless that. That's not in accordance with the scriptures. That's not what God is calling me to do. That is not who I am. I'm a son of the king. Oh, hallelujah. You know, the Bible says it's a narrow path that we walk with Jesus. And it gets narrower as you get older, I think. And we just... You know, when you're young, you know, you take a puppy out for a walk and it runs on the leash this way and it runs that way. You need a leash to hold it back. But when he gets old, you can walk with him. He'll stay by your side. He won't run out in traffic. And so we're like that sometimes. It's a narrow path. And when I think about a narrow path, you know, whenever I was in a combat zone, preaching the gospel, or there was a price on my head, you didn't entertain bad thoughts. You were careful what you did and what you said and how you acted and how you spent your time. You meditated on the things of the Lord because you knew that your life depended upon it. And yet, it's still, it's still the same. Our life depends on the thoughts we think, the words we speak. And the Bible says, guard the meditations of your heart. Think on good things. Lift up your hands and say, praise the Lord. In the midst of the battle, in the midst of the storm, and no matter what's going on, give God the glory. Let him be king in your life. Let him rule and reign. That's what he wants to do. He wants to do for you what he did for Peter that day. He wants to manifest his glory in your life. So that you believe for greater things. God always has a better way. He always has a higher path. There's always a taller mountain to climb. But nothing is too big for God if we can believe and walk in faith. help us sometimes overcome our addictions. Uh, we are addicted to things sometimes we shouldn't be. 
We're drawn by the wrong things in this world. Hallelujah. Peter. Peter, if he was here, he would ask you, where are you in your Christian walk today? Where are you? What happens when things go wrong? When trouble comes? Hallelujah. Are you like Peter, fishing in the dark? We've all been there, I think. Fishing in the dark and Things just aren't working out. And maybe there's somebody here in that situation today. But God knows your circumstances. He knows your heart. And you know, sometimes God tests us. Every great prophet in the Old Testament was tested. Joseph spent his time in prison. Moses spent 40 years on the backside of the desert before God appeared to him in the burning bush. The children of Israel were circling and circling in the desert for 40 years, a trip that they could have made in 11 days. Because God was testing them. And suppose, I suppose he's testing us sometimes. To see where our heart is. To see where our minds wander. To see what we will do. Job in the Old Testament, he was sorely tested. But in the end, he passed the test. And Jesus, or God himself, returned everything to him, multiplied, shaken together. More camels, more oxen, more cattle, more sheep, more children, a bigger family, a bigger house. Think about the prophet Daniel, the things that he went through. Sadrach, Meshach, Obendigo. You've been in the fire? We've all been in the fire. The trick is to come out without smelling like smoke. Hallelujah. And only God can help you do that. Only God can give you the grace to go through a storm and come out shouting hallelujah. Praise the Lord. For I know that my God reigns. My God is bigger than this situation in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where are we going to answer the call? 
like Peter did. Remember Peter, that same Peter that denied Christ three times before the cock crowed twice. And isn't it interesting that on that day on the beach, Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? And oh, Peter, he felt bad. He said, but Lord, you know that I do. He said at once, feed my lambs. And he asked him again, he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter really felt bad then. But Lord, you know that I do. He said, feed my sheep. That's twice. And the Lord asked him again, but Peter, do you really love me? By this time, Peter felt really bad. And Jesus said it again the third time. Feed my sheep. Hallelujah. The cock crowed twice. And Peter had two miraculous catches. So great that the world still talks about them today. Wouldn't it be awesome if God would do that in your life? Just once. And maybe he has already in some small way. But God is a God of miracles. And what he always wants to manifest is something bigger and something greater. Hallelujah. He wants your faith to increase, not decrease. The Bible says that old things have passed away and all things have become new in Christ Jesus. And that should happen to us every morning. Hallelujah. It's a new day. It's a new beginning. It's a new walk with God. It's a new outpouring of the Spirit in our lives. It's a new chance to serve Him. To thank Him for what He's done in our lives. To cry out for those around us who don't know His love. The touch of His grace. His mercy. His forgiveness. And sometimes that's where we need to start. The word. Just forgive me. I need to start over again. And that's sometimes what he wants to hear from us. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. So hearken unto his voice, his word. The door, Jesus said, I am the door, the way and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Obedience brings a blessing. When we come into obedience to what is written in this word, then God will begin to bless our lives in a greater way. Hallelujah.
And sometimes we need to remember to bring those first fruits to Jesus. Oh, that's so important. So that he can bless your catch. You don't want your catch to get away. You don't want your net to break. Hallelujah. And so we need to be ready to lead. I was blessed by that testimony of our sister this morning. God had already put it in her heart, Georgia. God's never put that in my heart. I've been in Georgia. When I was in Georgia, they'd take me up in high towers and they'd make me jump out. Then they'd take me up to a taller tower and they'd turn us loose up there. And it's like... Hallelujah. It's hot down there. It's hot in Georgia. But it doesn't get as cold as Minnesota. And it doesn't snow nearly as much. And when it does, it doesn't stay nearly as long. So count it all joy and count it all a blessing. Hallelujah. We just lift up our sister today. And before I left for church this morning, Jimmy called me. Jimmy Wiley. And he got a call from the hospital in Duluth. And Trina took a turn for the worse. I said, we'll pray for you in church today. So we not only want to pray for Trina, but we want to pray for that big family. And all those J's, there's Jacob and Jesse and Jonathan and Juanita and is there a Jessica, there's a Jimmy. Justina, I don't know. There's more. We didn't get them all. But they're all worried about their mother, I'm sure. So let's stand up. But let's stand up in faith. Let's believe that God is going to move. That he's going to move in this place, in our lives, that he's going to do a new thing, that old things have passed away, that all things have become new in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That God is going to manifest his glory in this place, in our lives, in the days to come. Father, we just come before you now in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that you are Lord. Even when the snow falls and the rough caves in, you're still Lord. Father, we lift up the Wiley family this morning. We lift them up in the name of Jesus. Father, we just cover Trina with the blood of the precious blood of Jesus. And we lift up her family. Father, we just ask you to. Oh, hallelujah. We just ask you to touch them this morning, Lord. And Lord, if her work is not done here on this earth, Lord, we ask you to reach down and touch her right now that she might finish her course with joy. 
Oh, Father, your touch. Your touch, your healing touch, Lord. And Lord, if it's her time to go, we release her to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we just say your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we just pray for everybody here today. There are some people here that are experiencing financial difficulties. And God sees you, and he knows what you're going through. And if you will turn to him with your whole heart, he will make a way. He will make a way, for he is God. Lord, we thank you for that healing touch of your Holy Spirit on this congregation right now. Well, if you need healing in your body, just lift your hand. Say, Lord, here I am. Touch me. Let God reach down and touch you by faith. And just believe that it is done in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, I just feel no strength coming into my body right now. And Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for that healing touch of your Holy Spirit, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you lead us and guide us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Each and every one of us, that we hear your voice, just like Peter did on the water. He heard that voice, and he hearkened unto that voice. And when he did, he got a blessing from God. Oh, hallelujah. And Father, we just thank you that you love us too, just like you love Peter. That we are your kids, your children. And so help us, Lord, to accept that gospel with childlike faith, saying it is written, and I believe that it shall come to pass just as it is written in my life, in this hour. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. And the most success, I just share this, the most successful walleye fishing trip I was ever on was with this man. But I, but I got to tell you something. I was going down, we were going down the river. It's a long trip down the river to get to the fishing hole. And I was praying, and I thought, Lord, you know, it would really be awful if we got all the way down there and we didn't catch any fish. <laughs> I said, Lord, help us. And the Lord spoke to me in the boat that day. He said, it's going to be a miraculous catch. And you tell the rest of the story. Well, I remember it was you and Andy and myself, and we got to the edge of the water and got the boat there ready, just about ready to push it in the water. And Gus says, wait a minute, let's pray. And so you had us, we all 
we're in a little circle there, and we <clears throat> you prayed for safety and for everything, you know, but for a miraculous catch, too. And, uh, well, you didn't say miraculous at that point. That was later, maybe, but but it was. It was that. I mean, that's like your fondest fishing dream, what happened there. I mean, we got down the river and got to the fishing hole. Within, I think it was 40 minutes, we had all of our limits, perfect size fish. I, I don't know what size were those. Big. I, th I thought they were this big. <laughs> no, but anyway, it was just wonderful. It was just so, so much fun. You know, but the Lord, again, it wasn't, and I know there's stuff we can learn about fishing. There's a lot of you in here that know a lot more about walleye fishing than I do for sure. <laughs> but yet, there was a miraculous touch there. But uh, the calling, I want to finish with this. That call that, that uh, Gus was talking about. You know, today, I, I, this week I was listening to a CD by, I think her name is Terry Foy, as Jerry Savelle's daughter. She was talking about these days how we have iPhones and we have caller ID and so forth. We know who's calling. And she says, there's a lot of times I don't answer that phone because I don't want to talk. To, you know, I'm just not going to answer that call. And then she related it to our call to the Lord. Are we going to answer the call to what God calls us? And this is for our whole life, but it can be for our day or for the hour ahead. And she made a statement, she says, in the day we see the Lord, we won't give account for what we did. We'll give account for what we were called to do. And that really stuck. We'll give account for what we were called to do, not for what we did. And so we want to be on that road that, it, I guess it is narrow, that part where the Lord has us. And keep walking on that and don't get distracted from it. So we thank you, Lord, for that. Hallelujah. Just to a few words of instruction, we have a meal today. Next week we have the fish fry, by the way. Oh, right. Getting hungry. Hallelujah. I know, and I heard it's mostly walleye, so it's going to be great. Uh, Danny Fisher and Paul Hoffman have been focusing on that. And uh, so... Um, tables, there's, we're thinking there'll be enough tables for today that are set up already so we won't have to shuffle around. Otherwise, the booths here, lots of booths. So let's have fellowship together in, in the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Thank you so much, Gus. We really appreciate that word. That was so good. Thank you. Hallelujah. Let's, let's just go back here.